Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Coaches. There's a backstory weaved into each book. To explore the creative process, I am sitting down with authors, writers, editors, publishers, and an array of creative souls to have a conversation centered on how they develop their stories to completing their works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as an author from the moment we put pen to paper. Marvin Levine is a fiction writer and the author of three published books titled The Broken Wire, Clairvoyance Rain, and his latest, A Trail of Vengeance. Marvin is an active member of the South Carolina literary community. In fact, his book, A Trail of Vengeance, takes place in the Low Country where Marvin loves to write. It's so good to spend time with you, Marvin. Welcome to my perfect podcast studio. Thank you, Cindy. Um, it's a pleasure to be here on Pen the Paper. Well, you are very, very welcome. In doing research for this conversation, I found that you are someone who has explored your creativity since you since a very young age. Did the writings of your youth begin as a way for you to express yourself or why did you explore your creativity? I would say that I've always had a really vivid imagination uh, and tried to apply creativity in, in different formats. Mm-hmm. So whether it was writing poetry, you know, in, in grade school or writing songs uh, when I was in my 20s. Uh, tried my luck at writing comic strips for a while while I was looking for artists that were hard to find. Uh, and then I did make numerous attempts to actually write novels. But uh, until five years ago, it was always just kind of a uh, short-lived and a dead end. But five years ago, I started writing and, and uh, things clicked and I've been writing ever since. So does that mean that somewhere you have like boxes of first drafts that are tucked away in boxes, you know, like in oh, no. closets? No, the attempts were usually a page or two. And, you know, I would read the next morning and realize that uh, this is just not good. So I would drop it until the next inspiration struck. But like I said, until 2017, nothing ever gelled. Until it was my stepdaughter's divorce that she went through that year, a very emotional time that that kind of got the creative juices flowing. Uh, And this time when I sat to write A Broken Wire, uh, it stuck. Interesting. And I like that you explored different aspects of writing that, you know, the comic books and, and poetry and so forth that you know, that really does show that you've got an expansive creative mind and it's a way to express ourselves. And I guess, I think it's interesting that now you're writing these books. Was it something that you just decided your daughter's divorce inspired or you know, brought out the creativity to write a broken wire. But what was it that the idea come to life to write the following books? Was it that you broke that bubble and that 
oh, I can do this. So exactly. I'm going to do this. Okay. Exactly. It was, it was like breaking the bubble. And as the, the broken wire progressed and became a, a full story, I was already thinking about the next book. Uh, Clairvoyance Rain, as the title implies, is a is a paranormal uh, drama. Uh, I always like to read Stephen King and his paranormal stories, so uh, gave my gave me a chance to to write that. And uh, since then, I've, I've moved on to other genres. And A Trail of Vengeance is uh, a crime suspense uh, detective type of a thriller. Uh, and I, I think I've settled into that type of a of a genre. I was going to say those uh, each of those have a different feel to them. <laughs> You're not just writing, you know, this specific genre. Is there one that you really favor over the other or are you still like exploring the different types of fiction genres out there? Well, I have explored and I wrote another book that's not published called Graceless in Salem. Uh, okay. It's completely different. It's a uh, um, like an adolescent uh, romantic comedy, so it's completely different. And I have yet to decide how to uh, how to publish that. So it's kind of in the back burner now. But after that, uh, I think because uh, I was looking for more commercial success, uh, you know, it's it's you either going to write romance novels, which I'm not going to write, or uh, thriller, suspense thriller types of of novels. Uh, and when I came up with the storyline for A Trail of Vengeance, it, it clicked and I did enjoy writing it. And I probably will stick with that genre. As a writer, when I'm thinking into a particular book and I'm writing in there, I, of course, emotionally or mentally get into that storyline so with the different genres in, in the fiction realm, are you finding yourself emotionally embedded into those as well? Or, or are you able to keep yourself separate and just write the story as it comes to you? Oh, I think you are emotionally embedded. Uh, you, you, I like to think of them. I, I live my story you know, vicariously. So, right. you know, part of my life every day with the book that I'm writing now, Culligan's Way, you know, I'm, I'm involved in that story, you know, every single day, whether I'm actually writing uh, at the laptop or not. And you, you live it, you live the, the storyline out as, as I come up with new plot lines and plot twists uh, each and every day. Interesting. Interesting. So then, oh, the question came to me when you were talking and it just like, it went away. So evidently I'm not to ask you, <laughs> but with, with promoting the books, because they each have their own different feel, are you, when it comes to promoting the books and getting them out there, because they are so different from each other are you finding that you're promoting them differently or are you um this is the plan this is how i'm doing it and following that path mm -hmm. yeah well actually the first two books i i didn't market put anything into it at all i, I wrote it i published it on on amazon and and that was it 
So I realized that if you don't promote the book, nobody's going to buy it. Um, so I put a lot more into uh, that side of the uh, of the book on A Trail of Vengeance, where I'm trying to get out there with Hannah's help, your help, and, um, you know, trying to get it in the bookstores. This is the first book that's in print. Also, the first two books were just e-books. Oh, so okay. it's it's a it's a it's a new uh, new venture for me as well. Are you having fun with it, though? <laughs> uh, it, it is a lot of fun. I'm learning so much every day. And, you know, when you see sales start to come in, it's, it's exciting. And uh, the whole process is exciting to me. So then with your writing process, are you someone who sits down and writes at a schedule, you know, like on a schedule? Or is it when the mood strikes, you're like, you sit down, pound out, you know, a couple thousand words or. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's, it's, it's a schedule. It's a discipline. Um, I force myself to write something every morning. So after breakfast and coffee and I'm all fresh, sit down and write, you know, there might be just a couple hundred words, maybe a thousand words. And if I do that every day, the story, you know, becomes it. It, it gets put together eventually. So yes, it's a very much of a, of a schedule. <laughs> and with the, with the editing process, um, for some people, that's like uh, the worst aspect of it because they're looking at the first draft going, oh, did I really write that? <laughs> you know, how could I write something like that? Did you go through that as well? Or was it kind of like the easier part of the process? Oh, it's definitely easier. Not, 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 it's, it, it, not exactly easy, but definitely easier than writing the original material. Um, but it is frustrating as you go through it and, you know, you correct and then you go through it again and you see more mistakes. Um, then you have other people look at it and they find more mistakes. Uh, <laughs> But still, I mean, the dip, most difficult part is is the original material. You are one of the very rare people who've said that. And I have to agree with you. To me, I prefer the editing because I've got a foundation and I've got something to work off of. I can, right. you know, expand off of this or I can expand off of that. And if I didn't like, you know, this aspect, then, you know, it's a red line through it or, well, the proverbial red line going through it. I like that somebody else feels that the editing is a lot easier. A lot of people uh, want to say that the editing part is, is the hardest part. And again, because they they look at it and go, oh, how could I have written this? <laughs> I thought I was better at it than this. Mm -hmm. With you promoting your third book and your fourth book that you've got coming out, are you finding this aspect of the promoting like a whole new ball of wax? And are you like doing all sorts of different research and and digging on and searching how to do it and do it easily and effortlessly and trying to find easy solutions uh, easy and effortlessly no <laughs> that's for sure because <laughs> it's all brand new to me and you know you, you experiment you see what works 
works, what doesn't work. Uh, Amazon advertising, uh, plugging the book. I've been trying to uh, go to different bookstores recently in, in South Carolina. And and it's all, all new. And you learn a little bit each time what works and what doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and what works for one author doesn't necessarily work for another either. So mm-hmm. that, that always makes it interesting. Is there an aspect of writing that you would like to explore that you have not yet? Um, an aspect of writing, I think I'm just looking to improve my writing style, uh, my technical writing, which is, you know, not a strong point. I did not have a, a English degree or a writing background. So that's, that's difficult. I think the, uh, the feedback I've been getting lately, improving technical part of writing is uh, what's helping me the most. Okay. The, the original idea, the creativity part, that, that comes natural to me. And now that I've written as much as I have, I know that you know, I'm not going to get a writer's block. I'm not going to get stuck. I'm, I'm going to continue the story right through to the end. But getting it you know, in a polished format that's what I've been trying to learn more of. And that will be something, I don't know anybody who sits down with the first draft and, and it's done. So that's a, that's a forever learning curve right, <laughs> to, it is. To, get, to get that skill. And things are always changing anyways. Uh, how we approach different things in life and and our experiences. So then have your experiences throughout your life. I'm, we'll explore that. How have they shown up in your books? You know, I, I think I thought about this the other day. One of the reasons that I was not successful to write in my earlier years is simply because of lack of experience. And after years and decades of experience, um, it it helped me put the you know the ability to write together. So yeah, I draw on all my life's experiences uh, to try to portray these stories as vividly and as emotionally as possible. Nice. So, is there a pearl of wisdom that you would give to? someone who knows that they have create you know that creative mind and they have that well some somewhat what you what you went through where you've you know you're creative you have that desire to create what would be that pearl of wisdom you would tell someone who's you know holding themselves back from pursuing that creativity uh, well, the first thing is just to try, you know, to, to, to go ahead. If you have if you have some good ideas to just put it on paper just, just to get it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after that, you know, again, tying in with the experience of, of life experiences is to, you know, let the story come out. You know, if you have a, a if you have that kernel of of inspiration, you know, to, to just allow it to grow and to let the story come out of you Mm -hmm. and it will if you're creative enough 
Yes, it will. <laughs> and if, you know, for most creatives, or at least from the conversations that I've had, that the creativity is always there, or that storyline is always like sitting in the shadows of the mind saying, you'll write me one day. I know you will. <laughs> so are, is any of these story, any of the books that you have written and published, are there, are they stories that you've thought about, you know, years earlier or? No, they're, they're, they're all new ideas that come into my head and then get, uh, get developed, get fertilized and, and grow. Nice. So what was the foundation or what inspired you to write your, the book that you're about to publish? The uh, A Trail of Vengeance. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was, I think it started with uh, the desire to write a, a crime thriller, psychological thriller. So I've always liked the, the actually there were, there were two concepts. One was just a, a technical aspect where I wrote the first chapter with these three friends, three, three high school friends, and a tragedy happens on the beach. One of them dies, the other two split up. And then chapter two jumps ahead 17 years. So it takes you, and then the rest of the book flows from there. So that time jump, I think, is, is a neat little um, concept. The... <laughs> But the, the storyline itself, um, it centers around this girl, um, Shannon, who is kind of evil. And, you know, I like the concept of a nice femme fatale and antagonist that, you know, you, you kind of love to hate. And, you know, as you follow her through the story, you want to see what's going to happen. So oftentimes, <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm not going to delicately put it, oftentimes we know somebody and we put somebody in our book um, because they remind us of some, you know, the character reminds us of somebody. So Obviously, I'm not going to ask for names because <laughs> <laughs> I know you wouldn't give it to me anyways. But is this like one person that, that you've encountered in your life or is this a combination of several people? It would be a combination of several people. Yes. <laughs> um, I use nothing against brunettes, but I did use the concept of uh, a brunette who was, you know, who is this, has this evil, actually, she, she has a sickness. It's not so much evil, but she has a sickness, but it comes across as evil. I like to use the, uh, the first line of the, uh, the Eagle song, witchy woman, where yeah, it goes yeah. raven hair and ruby lips and sparks fly from her fingertips. And that's kind <laughs> of the concept that I had with this woman. As far as you know, real people in my life, not not really. Although I, you know, I've known a few brunettes who are kind of like that, <laughs> but no, no one in specifically. <laughs> and probably a few blondes and a few redheads. And <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
yes, most certainly not picking on just the brunette. So <laughs> being a redhead myself, you know, I hear all sorts of different things about us redheads. And <laughs> so, of course, not again to pick on any any particular uh, individual. Um, is there something that in your writing process that I don't want to say causes distress, but is the least pleasant aspect of it? Ooh, the least pleasant aspect, I would probably say the little periods where you're, you're stuck. You're stuck a little bit. You're not exactly sure which direction the scene should take or how to wrap up a scene. Uh, but it's temporary. I, you know, I always, I always get through it. But sometimes, oh, I'm stuck and like I can't get out. But you always get out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, eventually you do. So, is there something it, that you like to do to help you get through those moments where it's like, hmm, what am I contributing to the storyline today? They usually get answered at uh, four to five o'clock in the morning when I'm laying in bed and not sleeping. And uh, it's, you know, it's easy for your mind to filter through different scenarios. And usually, it, you know, it'll come to me there. I usually write, I usually think one to two chapters ahead of where I'm actually writing. So I've already got the next three or four scenes played out and then you know where it's going to go from there i'm not sure so that's what i'm thinking of when, once i have in my mind where the scene is going to go it's pretty straightforward to write it okay and so then are you someone who writes out an outline or does the outline come to you again at four o'clock in the morning as the different scenes. Um... Yeah, on each of the book, I, um, I know how it starts and I know how it ends. And I have a general idea of how to get from the start to the end. Okay. But the specific scenes and the specific plot lines and twists just come to me as I, as I write it through. Interesting, interesting. I find it so fascinating that your books are in different scopes, you know, that you didn't just write all the same genre, because to me, it's, it would be easy to write the same thing over and over, you know, different plot, different characters and, and so forth. And I would think it'd be more challenging to go through and do, you know, the, the murder mystery, the, you know, the different genres that you've done. Because you've been writing these books and on a consistent basis, have you turned this more into like a, a business now? Or is this just something you do purely out of the joy of, you know, getting that story out? Well, both, I would say. My wife believes this is a hobby, and it, it is a hobby. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're not relying on little bits of revenue to live off, for sure. Um, I'd like it to be more of a business. Uh, the uh, 
you know, once the book is finished and, and published, the marketing is definitely more of a business. Right. So it, it, it's both, you know, the, the whole, the whole process and the different stages from the original idea to the actual writing and then the editing and then the publishing, putting the book together. That was new for me too, to get a book into print. Um, and then the, the promotion and the marketing is it's all, it's all different. And, each book I'm learning more and the next book, I think it will be, uh, I'll learn even more from it. You're probably getting your inspiration from different sources. Uh, where, where do you get the inspiration for these different stories? Well, I get the, um, the setting uh, inspiration in the last several books, uh, some of the first book and this particular book and my next book. Uh, I love writing in the setting of the South Carolina coast where, where I live now and retired to. It's such a beautiful setting and people can really um, picture it in their mind uh, to be in that type of a setting. So that, so that helps. Uh, as far as the characters, again, you know, we talked earlier, it, they're based on a compilation of people that I knew in the past, not ne never a particular individual, but a compilation of different types of personalities that, that I've run across. Um, but the, the, the plot lines, the storylines, the, the twists and turns, that, that's all, it's just pure inspiration. It just pops into my head. And isn't that fun when that happens? It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. <laughs> so then does, because you're writing these thrillers and, and these suspense and and, and the, uh, just the mystery of it all. When you're writing, do you find yourself surprised? Like, oh, that's not where I was expecting the story to go. That does happen. It does happen where um, come up with a, a new twist that I didn't see coming, but I see how it fits really nice. So I work it in there. Like I said, I don't plan or outline the entire, you know, plot line. I, I just, it, it comes as it goes, as long as I know where I want to end up. And that's where I'm headed for. But the, the journey itself throughout the, uh, the, the different chapters and storylines, I never know where it's going to go. And sometimes it does surprise me. Sometimes I may introduce a new character that I hadn't planned on because it, it fits nicely with with your wisdom um i would love to unpack your wisdom <laughs> just because of the fact that your your creative mind is so diverse is there a a plot twist or a a, a storyline you have not written that you're you're curious to explore i'm assuming you do research on these different things, um, you know, the, how it's done or to make it uh, realistic, you know, or relatable, maybe that's a better word. So is there one that you're looking to do for a future book that, you know, you're just kind of curious about and, and want to, to explore it on another level? Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say anything specific right off the top. The, the research that I obviously do is, as any writer does is 
for me, it's, it's mostly technical, uh, you know, this uh, learning about a, a setting that I'm writing about that I'm not maybe not familiar with, uh, right? Learning about how you know, police departments work, how detectives work, getting a little bit more knowledgeable so I can write more knowledgeably about that. But I don't think there's anything specific that I want to, you know, get to that I haven't got to yet. It just it comes <laughs> as it goes. So then when researching, okay, so you brought up, you know, the detectives and so forth. So are you researching, like reading about how they do, or are you actually sitting down with someone you know that works at a sheriff's department and saying, help me with the process? Is this realistic? What do you do in the event of X, Y, Z? No, I have not sat down with any detectives, but, uh, you know, you watch TV, you watch movies. There, there's plenty of that out there. Uh, and again, you learn the technical aspects, you know, how they talk and things like that. Interesting. But I give myself a lot of, a lot of leeway. <laughs> your, your, uh, your intent is not to be like so specifically like spot on with, with their work. <laughs> Whoops, are you there? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It, like uh, all of a sudden, it got, I've been hearing you know a little bit of background <laughs> noise, and all of a sudden it went completely silence. And I thought, uh oh, did <laughs> we lose connection? Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> so, is there something that you wanted to talk about that I have not asked you yet? Well, let's see. Talked about the. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the, the the beginning of my writing when it when it actually first gelled. Like I mentioned, my stepdaughter was divorced. It was a a, a messy divorce back in 2017. Uh, a lot of uh, juices were flowing there. I actually wrote a short story, like a um, an allegory story, uh, that uh, kind of took took. Uh, yeah, these characters, these fictional characters through uh, the process of, of going through a divorce like that. And mm -hmm. so I actually wrote like a 20 page short story first. And then I stepped it up and said, you know, maybe I could write a whole novel about this and uh, came up with a new storyline. Uh, wasn't it's not just a divorce drama. It, it ties into with an art mystery. Uh, this is in The Broken Wire. And so I was able to take these two separate, um, uh, completely separate storylines and then merge them together. And uh, when, when I put that together, that's when I realized that I really could you know, write a complete novel and make it a story that people would be interested in. Something that came up to me when you were talking about writing uh, before the book, when you were writing the shorter piece, and you were writing about the process that your daughter was experiencing, was this something that helped you to kind of organize it in your mind or to help you process? I, I, you know, what our children go through, we go through on a different level, because, you know, we want to take care of our children. We want to protect them. We don't want them to experience the, the unpleasantries of life. And so was that something that for you was able to process what your daughter was going through? 
Oh, we absolutely live. My wife and I live the the emotional trauma that uh, that Kristen was going through uh, each and every day. And we were updated every day. It was a new twist. It was you know a new delay, and you know it was, it was interesting how I was able to take that and. I didn't even plan to write a short story. I just wrote a page and then the second page and I showed it to her and she liked it. So I wrote another section. And then before we knew it, a whole story came together. Uh, and then it was shortly after that uh, in the summer 2017 when I came up with the idea to write The, uh, the Broken Wire. You know, I can I can feel <laughs> how much that story uh, helped you get through that time. Uh, you know, again, we always, as parents, want to, to alleviate uh, what our children are going through. And to- it, it did help. It did help, you know, go through to get us, to get me through that period, to be able to let some of that steam out and through, through writing. And then, you know, I was surprised when I read it that unlike so many attempts earlier in my life, uh, it actually came together well. So that gave me some more confidence. Yes. So then do you even have any of your old writings? Would you have you even thought about going back through any of your? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, like, like I said, they were they were no more than a page or two. And it was obvious that it wasn't going anywhere. And I didn't have, I didn't, it was just a, a, a short concept that wasn't completely developed. But I think it's, you know, you know, after you sit down and write something and go back to it, it's like, is this really good or is this not good? And it is just this, wasn't good until it was good. <laughs> yeah. Or is this something that's going to actually go somewhere? Because there are times where I'll sit down and I'll write something out and it's you know I think oh this this would be a great you know short story or whatever and then I then I find that I'm just venting or ranting or I just had to get that whatever it was out of my head <laughs> we'll put it in story form and then I remember uh, one time in my I guess in my 20s and I tried to write a story and then after five or six pages, it was obvious that it was just an autobiography <laughs> and my life just isn't that interesting. So that ended that. Well, you, I'm sure if you were to sit down and write a, a memoir, you know, just a pinch of your, uh, of your life, I'm sure that, you know, you would find a lot to unpack in a memoir. At this time I could, to 40 years ago no <laughs> no well yeah so when you're sitting down and writing a book are you like sitting down and like spitting out a book while well, spitting out that that sounds gross <laughs> are you just typing away <laughs> i'll word it that way are you just typing out a book like within a short amount of time or is it taking you years to compile and, and put together? Each of the books I've written has taken between, I'd say three and six months to actually write the original material. Okay. So by, by being disciplined and writing, you know, 500, a thousand words a day and 
keeping to that, you know, it, it'll come, the books are 90 to 100,000 words normally. So it, you usually get it out in that time frame. And it's a good time frame because then you, you know, the rest of the process, it takes about a year. So I've written, this is my fifth book I'm writing now and in, in five years. So that's about, it's a, it's a good pace for me. What is the name of your fourth book then? So the, well, the, 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 the fourth book that I've written is a trail of vengeance, but it's the third book published. Okay. So the the next book is called Culligan's Way, also okay. set in Polly's Island, South Carolina. It is it, it's it's a little different. I mean, it's still a a crime suspense type of thriller, but it's more of a southern family drama. So we have a a wealthy, very dysfunctional family who lives in the big house on the beach in Polly's Island, and. Uh, they get into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds interesting. Um, as I mentioned uh, before our recording, um, I live the room, the nomadic lifestyle. I, I have a camper and, and in the summer months, I'm in Michigan uh, near my family and friends. And then in the winter, I travel south and I didn't this year. Um but I have spent time in North Carolina and I was near, um, I was about a, I think it took me about a half hour to get to, um, oh, uh, now I just lost the name of it. Uh, anyways, it's one of the, the islands you drive the bridge over. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, and I love going to the ocean. I'm imagining, you know, I've not spent a lot of time. Actually, I don't think I've spent any time on the ocean in South Carolina. No, I, I don't believe I have. So anyways, you know, so in my mind, I'm imagining, you know, the, the tall houses on the stilts and, um, you know, the sand embankments to help. Mm-hmm. you know protect the houses that are... the dunes and the berms and the yeah. walkovers and yeah i mean that that's the idyllic uh scenario and you know the houses on the on the coast are just like that they have actually in this setting here they're on the beach behind the dunes with the ocean in front of them and then on the other side of the road is the marsh and the creek and the dock and the pier and so it's the, it's the combination of both of those beautiful settings that form the basis of Culligan's Way, which is actually the name of the house. The, the family is the Culligans, of course, and the, their house is Culligan's Way. And when I came up with that name, it's, I thought it was just a great title for the book because most of the drama centers in, in that house and on the pier. Oh, and I love the ocean, the piers that are on the ocean. I just... I I grew up a short distance from Lake Michigan, and it's it's funny because you can be on a beach and somebody who's not familiar with Lake Michigan, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard a young child go, "Mom, Dad, look at the ocean," and of course, you know, I'm snickering, going, um, "That's just a really <laughs> big pond. You know, it's not the ocean. It's it's fresh water. It's a, it's a great lake," and the 
the docks and the piers and all of that are different on Lake Michigan. They're, they're obviously not to the extent, they don't have to be as structurally big or tall, mainly as tall as it does on the ocean, because obviously, hopefully we never see <laughs> Lake Michigan, the size of waves that I'm seeing on the ocean. Um, because I know there would be a lot of places that would be underwater uh, if we ever saw those size of waves. But um, anyways, yeah, the setting on, on the ocean is, is just absolutely captivating to me. And of course, I like looking for shark teeth as well, but yeah. <laughs> that's beside the point. So are, in, in this area, the houses there, they're all up on the stilts um, for obvious reasons because of the, sure. the ocean, the tides and so forth. Um, so is this house or this area um, like that as well? Oh, yes. The, uh, it, it's based on an actual setting. There actually is a, a row of houses down in the south end of Polly's Island with okay. just one there's just one road uh one row of houses again with the the uh, beach walk over over to the to the actual ocean and then on the other side of the road there's a creek that runs uh behind it and the the set of piers that are uh onto the marsh so they're they're both just as beautiful and to have them both in the same you know house setting is, is really special so it's a uh, the, the the main character, the judge is, is the father is a judge, so he's well off, and there is his wife and four different children, and the the drama all centers within the family. You know, when you said the father is a judge, <laughs> you know those kids are mischievous. <laughs> they all have their own issues. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh Marvin, thank you for the insight. Gosh, you're making me want to go back to the ocean really, really bad. <laughs> Although the now that it's meant to be a good summer read, people come down to uh, vacation. They want a nice yes. book to read on the beach. The, this, these are perfect books for that. Yes, exactly, and. Yeah, and inspire us to go visit. And especially if this is based on a real place, you know, that makes the curiosity of, can I find this place? Is this place, you know, something that I can drive to? You know what I mean? It, it stirs up mm -hmm. that curiosity. And it is. The, uh, the cover of A Trail of Vengeance is a very interesting place. It's, it's at the Murrows Inlet Jetty, which is at the far end of the Huntington Beach State Park, which is accessible only to walk two miles out to the jetty. Very desolate okay. place, a very beautiful place of natural beauty. So I have the, the initial scene where that initial tragedy happens is out there. Uh, and then it, it comes into play in, in a couple of other places in the book. Uh, and and it's a it's actual picture that I when I rode my bike out there first time and took a picture of it uh, and that's what I ended up using for the cover of a trail of vengeance. That's wonderful. That just adds that much more depth to your book. You know when you can say this is where I got the cover from, and it's your 
cover idea versus having somebody having to flip through a whole bunch of different graphic designs or images. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase that and say, do you like this one? Do you like this one? Do you like this one? You're like, this is it. And there's a story to why this is the background. Right. And the very first scene, the very first paragraph puts you right there at that jetty, which I think is a good, good connection. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up our time together, Marvin? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure to talk with you and to uh, express some of the ideas about, you know, what I go through when I write and what my books are about. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, you're so welcome. It has truly been an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. And it's nice to know I'm not the only one who finds editing to be easier than necessarily writing it down. <laughs> there's a, there's only a few of us, I think, that feel that way. <laughs> so, okay. So thank you again. Oh, and where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, they can find the book, uh, all three books on Amazon. Again, the first two books are just eBooks. A Trail of Vengeance is available as an ebook and uh, as a print book. Uh, right now, I'm in the two bookstores in my hometown the Litchfield Bookstore and my sister's books. Hope to be in bookstores in Charleston and Myrtle Beach in the next month or so. Uh, and they can learn more about me at uh, Marvin, www.marvinlevine.com. And how do we spell your last name so they can find you? That's L-E-V-I-N-E. All right. Thank you. And Marvin again. Thank you. And thank you for taking me back to the ocean. I Now that <laughs> we, had, we had 60 degree weather a couple of days ago and today it's a high of 35 and I, you know, and, and we had a little sputter of snow. I really want to go back to the ocean. <laughs> The beach is waiting for you. <laughs> it's calling <Yes>. you. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's I... one of the things that is just, it's just wonderful, to, especially with young kids, to find them little black teeth. It's its a thrill. It is. It is. All right. Well, you take care of yourself, and thank you. Okay, Cindy, thank you so much. Take care. Uh, before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for listening to my conversation with Marvin Levine. To access his website and learn more about the books he has written, visit pentapaperpress.com backslash podcast and select the show notes page for this episode. Please share this episode on social media and with those you feel will be inspired by the content. Help spread the wisdom. You never know who else needs to hear the messages that are weaved into our conversation. To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the Pen to Paper Press podcast newsletter and follow the Pen to Paper Press podcast on social media. Take care and until next time, keep your pen to paper and write. Your words have power. Your story matters. Bye for now.